return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Kind of on um, how we're already anointed, anointed to preach the gospel. And uh, I had that all ready to go. And uh, about two or three days ago, the Lord just kept tugging on my heart to teach on relationship with him. So that's what I'm going to do. I'll save the other one for two weeks from now. But uh, I'm glad you're all here. Glad you made it out. Come on out, through the, even through the nice day outside. And um, Hope everybody had a great day. Uh, this week, we don't have any of our regular things. No Wednesday prayer, uh, prayer or hour of power. Uh, no Thursday Bible study. Uh, Women like Bible study. Uh, next week on the back table, we're going to have the sign-up sheet for uh, uh, water baptisms. So that's coming up soon. It's <laughs> summer is just kind of kind of whizzed by. So we're going to have that if you haven't been baptized since your conversion. Um, it's a good thing to do. It, it shows what Jesus did on the inside of us, and it shows to a bunch of witnesses that I want to live for Him now. So that is a good a good thing. There's a giving station at the back, baskets at the back as well, if you would like to give. Amen. Like I said, tonight I want to talk about relationships, and I titled it, Choose the Good Part. Amen. And so we're going to take our first scripture from Luke 10:38, when Jesus goes to Mary and Martha's house. And it says, Now while they were on their way, Jesus entered a village called Bethany. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. And she approached him and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do the serving uh, alone? Tell her to help me and to do her part. But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things. I really believe he was talking not just in the moment, in her life, she was worried and anxious and bothered about many things in her life. But one thing, only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen that good part, that which is, her to her, is to her advantage, which will not be taken away from her. And so many times in life we get so busy, and Pastor Dave's talked about this a lot, we get busy, we, don't, we start not reading the Bible, uh, fellowshipping with the Lord. And, you know, I can even tell, for me, if I'm... If I'm preparing a message or teaching or whatever, um, you know, Roger and I were talking about it earlier, you can be so filled up with the Word and with the Holy Spirit. And so when you teach, you know, there's an anointing that goes out. Anybody that teaches or that ministers in their job or that goes over and, and witnesses to somebody about Jesus, there's an anointing that goes out. And we know that because Jesus, when he was even going through the crowd, the woman who came up and she touched him and she said, and he turned around and he said, who touched me? Somebody touched me, the anointing. I felt power come out of me. Amen. And so when people are receptive, uh, like I know a lot of us are here, uh, every service that we come to, there is a draw on the power of the Lord. Amen. And 
Praise the Lord, he sustains us because we couldn't sustain ourselves if we couldn't continue to fill up with him. And, you know, if, if you don't have that for a while, that relationship and that intimate time with the Lord, it's easy to get drained. And it's easy just to walk around uh, with, with an empty tank. And we don't want to do that because, I tell you what, even though they don't know it, people are counting on us. Amen. People are counting on us to deliver a word to them in season at any time. The Bible says, be ready in season and out of season. Amen. So we want to be ready at any time to deliver a word to somebody that Jesus has told us. And the Bible says that, that the Holy Spirit, he will bring back all things to our remembrance that Jesus has said to us. And we, he talks to us through his word. That's where he primarily speaks to us. I'll tell you what, but I always believe for, for signs and wonders and miracles and audible voices from the Lord and different things like that. But I know that the word, the Bible, is where I'm going to get a lot of uh, the communication from the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, you know, we want a prophecy, look to the Bible. Because, tell you what, if you're going through anything, if you're struggling with anything, there was a minister that I heard about who, uh, if he did counseling, and somebody would come in, and he would, they would schedule an hour of counseling with him. And, uh, and so they'd come in, they'd get to the secretary, and the secretary would give him a Bible and say, go to the prayer room. Your first 30 minutes are going to be in the prayer room seeking the Lord. And, and uh, the results were that they'd come out of the prayer room and they'd say, I don't really need to talk now. I, the Lord gave me my answer. You know, so he's always talking to us through his word. And, uh, and so that's good. That's a good thing when we have that relationship with the Lord. Because the Bible says his sheep hear his voice. Amen. So if we're in constant communication and we're listening, as Pastor Dave was talk, has been talking about for the last three weeks, this, this um, uh, being led by the Holy Spirit, and, and we feel that he has that feather, and we feel that touch from the Lord and, and that, that voice of the Lord and the word from the Lord, and we hear it, it's going to be easier to hear what, he wants, what he's telling us and what he wants to say. And I, I really believe the Lord wants to tell the body of Christ a bunch of things. You know, he has a word for us in season. Amen. It's not a coincidence that a lot of uh, sermons on Sundays um, are similar on Sunday morning, Sunday schools, Sunday, or Sunday, uh, or Sunday mornings, and then Sunday evenings. It's not a... Um, it's not a coincidence that there, it feels like sometimes there's themes to messages that I hear throughout the week. God's trying to tell me something. Amen. It's not a coincidence that when I read the Bible and I'm in my, in my daily reading that I see something that I've never seen before in the Word. Amen. He wants us to continue to grow. Amen. And when we continue to do it, when we expect something from Jesus... When we expect the word from the Lord, then it's not going to get stagnant either. Amen. It's like, wow, the Bible is this, is this big, thick book, and I'm supposed to get through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. Maybe you've already done it. Maybe you've done it multiple times. But the word of God doesn't get stagnant. Amen. Because the word of God doesn't return void. Amen. So every time that the word is spoken or read to us in our spirit, it doesn't return to him void. It accomplishes something in us if we listen. Amen. If we want to get something from the Lord. In life, we have so many things that we're worried about. We have bills to pay. We have, we have kids that we want to have a good home for. and we want If kids are, are gone, we want them to have a good life wherever they're at. We pray for them. 
we have parents that maybe are, are not doing well or, or, or sick or grandparents that aren't doing well. You know, so we have all these cares and all these worries and the devil uh, is quick to bring them up to us. I mean, he wants us to think on those things. He wants us to, not that we don't think about them, but he wants us to worry about them. He wants us to, he wants to take our peace from us. Amen. And things that make us just too busy to sit and listen to the voice of the Lord. That's his goal. He doesn't want us to get any instructions from the Word. He doesn't want, to get, want us to get any instructions from Jesus because in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So when we read his Word, we're talking to Jesus. Jesus is talking to us through his Spirit, through the inspired Word of God. Amen. And when we do this, we enter into a relationship with them. And he takes care of us so we don't have to worry. And he takes care of different things in our life. Not that we don't go through struggles, not, the, not that we don't go through circumstances, but we can have a peace even when we do. And we can have a peace that, Lord, I know no matter what, yet your word is true. And one thing he's, been, he's really been showing me lately is, is be bold to speak the word. Be bold to lay hands on the sick with the expect, expectation that they're going to recover. Be bold, no matter what circumstance it is, be bold to put your faith out there to, to lay hands on the sick, to lay hands on somebody with an incurable disease, lay hands on somebody that doesn't know Jesus to receive the Holy Spirit into their life. Be bold to do those things, because if we don't try it, it's not going to happen. Amen? There's a saying in basketball, you miss every shot that you don't take. Amen? In the Word, in, 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 as a Christian, every time that we don't take a shot to witness to somebody, that we don't take a shot to speak healing over somebody's life, even if our faith, if we don't feel our faith is quite there, it doesn't matter. It's still a shot that we can take. Because there's some times where our faith uh, isn't there, but God's faith carries us the rest of the way. Amen. And when God's faith carries us the rest of the way, good things happen. Amen. Just think of the, the, the guy that was let down through the roof. And what did Jesus say? Did he say, your faith made you well? He said, no, the faith of your friends. That tells me that the guy that got healed didn't have much faith that this was going to work. But his friends put their faith out there. Jesus met them halfway, amen, and miraculously was healed. So we want to continue to do those things. Hallelujah. And he's going to take care of us. What Jesus was saying was, why worry about other things and make yourself busy when you could just sit at my feet? Why worry about the things of life when you can just get instruction and answers from my word? Hallelujah. When Jesus talks, he doesn't talk empty words. Amen. When Jesus talks to us, he has a point. When we read the Bible, there's a message in there for us. Thank you, Lord. Part of a relationship with him is listening to him. Any, any good relationship, you have to listen to the person that you're talking to. We all have time. You know, we all need times where we don't think about finances or health or our job or our family. Amen. And that time, it should be in front of the Word. You know, not saying that there's times where I'm exhausted and I'll put on the TV or something like that. But I want all my joy and I want my strength, my, my source of all those things that come from Jesus. Amen. I've been places, I've, or I've, I've been at points where um, my joy and my strength was coming from somebody else or somewhere else. And I don't want that to happen. That's not what God has called us into. He's called us into a relationship that we can rely on Him for anything. We can rely on him for joy. We can rely on him for peace. 
The Bible says, whoever lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach. I want to rely on him for wisdom. I want to rely on him for understanding. Amen. Paul wrote to the Ephesians that, I just pray that you know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge. I want to know the love of Jesus that passes my knowledge. Amen. Matthew 6.24 says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. If we trust in Jesus, we won't trust in money. But if we trust in money, we won't trust in Jesus. Amen? If we put our trust in our job, if we put our trust in a source of income, then we then you get to the point where, well, yeah, Jesus, I love Jesus. I know he takes care of me, but I don't need him for this because I have my own income. But when we trust in Jesus, and you know, really when we enter his gates with thanksgiving, all of it's all it's saying is, Lord, I thank you for my job. I thank you for my source of income. When we tithe our money, we're saying, Lord, Thank you for all that you've given me. I'm going to give a part back to you. Amen. Because it's all his. We're just stewarding what he's given us. Amen. But when we give a tithe, we're saying, Lord, I'm honoring you. I'm going to give, I want to give a part back to you because, because you deserve the honor. You deserve the glory. You deserve the reverence for all the things that is happening in my life. Verse 25 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, not about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the, clothed the grass of the field, which is today is, and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For, all, for after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And uh, when the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, you notice that there's not a seek second. And then we seek the kingdom of God and all the things that we'd ever worry about are added to us. Amen. What we, what we need for everyday life, a roof over our head, clothes to wear, food to eat, water to drink, whatever we need is added to us when we seek the kingdom of God first. And when we seek the kingdom of God first, that means we're sitting down, we're waiting for the Lord to speak to us. That means we're sitting down, we're reading, we're listening, we're praying, we're fasting, we're, we're trusting in God to come and to be our manna for that day, to be our quail for that day. Amen. To be the water out of the rock for that day. Hallelujah. Notice that... that uh, Moses didn't have to ask every day for God to send the manna and send the quail. Amen. He just has to ask once. When we, when we want something from the Lord, we have to ask once. But what did, what, did, what did God want the Israelites to do every single day? I believe. He wanted to trust them. He wanted them to thank Him. He wanted to have this relationship with them. 
So when we ask the Lord for something of need, all we need to do is thank Him. If you believe that God is going to provide your needs, just thank Him for the answer. Thank Him for, for providing that need for us. Amen. And he, um, he comes through because whatever He starts in you, He wants to finish in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we see at the beginning of that, that passage, it talks about the money and then it talks about worrying. And I think he puts money and worry together because if we put our trust in our income, then we won't put our trust in Jesus. Then, we're, then anytime that you think about money, the more you think about money, the more you worry. I don't know, that's just in my experience. The more I think about money and where it's going to go, the more I worry. Uh, this, this is going to go to that bill. This is going to go to that bill. But the more I think about Jesus, the more peace I have that everything's going to be okay. Amen. The more peace I have that, oh, the bills for this month are going to be taken care of. Amen. So he wants us to trust in him. If we put our trust in Jesus to supply us with these things, and we're going to, then we won't put our trust in money. And that's why it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He knows that we need these things. He knows of our needs. Amen. But he doesn't want us to be busy with the cares of the world rather than seeking him. Because what happens when we're busy with the cares of the world? We're trying to, at least me, I'm trying to figure things out. Well, if I just do this, then I can pay for this. And if I just do this, then, amen. I'm trying to figure it out with my mind. Not that we don't have a plan with our finances. We do. He wants us to have a plan. But when we go to, Lord, I'm busy. I have to think this through. Don't bother me right now. I'm trying to think. (laughs) He doesn't want us to do that. Amen. He wants us to put our heart into Him, our trust into Him, and He wants to give us uh, ideas. He wants to give us revelation. He wants to give us practical things we can use in our lives. If we have a choice between the busyness of life and having a relationship with Jesus, choose Jesus. Choose the good part that won't be taken away from us, because everything else can be taken away in an instant. If we put all of our focus and we put all of our trust into these worldly things, and things that, that we think are value, valuable to us, they can all be gone in an instant. But what doesn't, pay, pay, or what doesn't pass away? The word of Jesus. Our relationship with Jesus doesn't pass away. Amen. And what, you know, another thing, just kind of a side note of what the Lord's really been showing me, and the question that he's asked me is, Rannon, why do you want to know the voice of God? Why do I want to read the word and pray and try to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It's not so people re- will revere me. It's not that I can come out and give this awesome message, you know, and have people say, oh, wow, that was so great. Maybe I used to think about and care about things like that. It's not about uh, bragging, seeing Jesus in visions, or hearing an audible voice. I can say, oh, look at this. Look what, ha- look what happened to me. It's not so that I can get recognition for any healings or miracles in my ministry. It's not so that I can, that I can say, um, look how spiritual I am, because look how he's talking to me and all these things are happening in my ministry. No, it's so I can have a close, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. Amen? And uh, maybe that's something for somebody here. Maybe, maybe somebody here is worried about, um, you know, if, if all that other stuff was stripped away... If, if nothing was recognized out of your ministry, 
um, and all you had was this relationship with Jesus, would it be enough? Would it be enough for you? If we had no, if there was no recognition from your ministry, if if there was there was countless souls saved through your ministry, but all behind the scenes and it never got publicized. You know, there's a lot of missionaries, pastors, um, administrators, um, people that that have secular jobs that are doing things behind the scenes. I'm sure a lot of you are doing things behind the scenes to get people saved, to do things for Jesus, and will never get any recognition. We're in, we're in Brookings, you know. I'm not, my, my job isn't to, to get this worldwide network, to be on this worldwide network for preaching. Amen. But if, if I do what God has called me to do, amen, and if I have a relationship with Jesus and everything else was stripped away, I would like to think that that would be enough. Amen. If everything was lost, I would like to say, Lord, it doesn't matter. I glorify you. I'm glad I have my relationship with you. That's all I need. When they strip everything else away from Randon, I hope you get a relationship with Jesus. And I talked a little bit ago, five months ago or so, about this relationship versus religion mentality and how being a Christian is a relationship. Amen? And this, the word Christian even now is, is there's a stigma on being a Christian because because of things that are being uncovered from the past of groups doing different things that are bad. And then people say, well, that's why Christians are bad or terrible because of these things. No, really, being a Christian is just having a relationship with Jesus. Amen. I'm a Jesus lover. I love Jesus. That's who I am. Amen. So we want to, we want to take the good part that won't be taken away from us. Mark 13:31 says, heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will by no means pass away. Angela and I were just talking about this. On earth here, our life is a vapor. I mean, Pastor Dave talked about it this morning. We have a dash from the time that we were born to the time we die. And our life is a vapor. And so we've been talking about a lot. Let's try to focus on the things that matter. And we don't have much time on this earth. You know, we're 34, so we're young. We have, you know, however many years left on this earth. But we're never guaranteed another day. Amen. I know people younger than me that that um, had diagno- cancer diagnosis or, or other things that were incurable and, and didn't live to 34. I don't want to take one day for granted. I mean, because it could be, you know, I'm not, this isn't a, I don't want this to be a discouraging message or anything. But it's true, and it's something that we all need to know, is that in a, in a moment, you know, we're not guaranteed 80, 90, 100, 110, 120, 150, anything like that. We want to make the most of it, amen? And so first and foremost, knowing Jesus intimately. We want to do that. Matthew 16, 19 says, Don't lay it, uh, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where the thieves do not break in and steal. When we're in Christ, our relationship with him will never pass away. Amen. His word never passes away. And the relationship we have is what we, what we read in the Bible and in the Holy Spirit when Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send a helper. I'm not going to leave you orphans. Amen. I'm going to come back in part in the Holy Spirit 
and I'm going to lead you, and I'm going to guide you, and I'm going to have a relationship with you, amen, so that you can get through this life, you can get through any circumstances, you can get through any tribulation that you might face, and you can rely on me, and you can have peace, and you can have faith in me, and I'm going to help you through these things, amen? And that's our relationship with him. I think of, you know, I think of Job. In an instant, everything was gone. Amen. He loved, he loved God. He honored Him. He sacrificed to Him. I've read different things, you know, at what time Job lived in history. And the more I read about it and different things, I, I really feel that he lived um, in Abraham's day. You know. And if that's the case, well, there was no Mosaic law. There was nothing to say, well, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to sacrifice on this day. If you sin, you have to do this. But what did Job do? Now, he made sacrifices for his family. He made sacrifices for himself. I really feel like he just kind of was throwing something against the wall, hoping it would stick. Like, Lord, I love you so much. What do I do? I, I'm going to sacrifice to you. But what did he do? He loved Jesus. And the devil took everything in an instant. The only thing he still had was his relationship with God. As it. He didn't have a good relationship with his wife. His wife told him to curse God. He didn't have any good friends except for Elihu. Who we have no we have that talk about a guy that doesn't get much notability in the Bible. Elihu is the only young guy talks sense into Job, and God doesn't even say thank you in the book of Job. He just starts talking to Job out of the whirlwind. But he didn't have anything. Everything was severed, and he trusted in the Lord. He kept, he kept a good relationship with Jesus, even though he started to complain, and even though he started to do things. The Bible says that God says that Job never sinned. Through the whole thing, he never sinned against God. Amen. He had a relationship with the Lord. And Jesus doesn't want us to rely on anything else either. So if everything was taken away, he wants us to rely on him. Hallelujah. I said this before, but if you had nothing else besides a relationship with Jesus, would you be okay with that? Or if everything was taken away from you like the devil took away from Job... Could you live with knowing all you had was Jesus? And this isn't a matter of that, that's going to happen. Um, you know, there's so many. We have so many things in this world now that we can rely on. You know, as far as as far as uh, you know, different different things that you know, the, the, the chances of us you know happening what happened to Job are very rare, very slim. But if it did, it's all a matter of the heart. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. You know. Just it's, it's good to think about if everything was taken away from me, not that everything's going to, but if everything was taken away from me, is my relationship with Jesus enough? Would I still be able to praise him? Would I still be able to enter into fellowship with him? Amen. It's a good thing to think about. It really is. It, what it does is it shows you where your heart's at. Amen. It shows you where uh, the dross is in your life. Amen. It shows you where the extra stuff is that maybe you can shave shave off in your life. It shows us, okay, am I making this an idol? Am I making this a God? Amen. Because if you, if you ask that question and something pops into your head that, oh, I don't know if I could live without this, then that's something that you need to live a little with a little less of probably. Amen. It's all about our heart. It's all about, it's all about the relationship we want to have with him. When you get to the heart of Christianity and strip away everything else, the answer to that question should be a resounding yes. 
that a relationship with Jesus is enough. Amen? But I know it's, it doesn't feel that easy sometimes. Sometimes it feels a lot more complicated than just that. Amen? Because it's easy to say, well, I don't know what I would do without my family. I don't know what I, what I would do without my health. Or I don't know what I would do without my job. Right? But he wants us to trust in him. Amen. I tell you what, that's been kind of my new goal. My new goal in life, just personally for myself, is to be able to get to the point where I say, Lord, if this, if this left me, I would still serve you and I'd still have a relationship with you and I'd still be at peace. If this got taken away from me, I still want to get to know you even better. Amen. If I don't get any accolades, if I don't get any recognition for anything, that doesn't matter to me. I just want a relationship with you. That's where I want to get. Amen. And I look just internally at my own life. There's a lot of dross to be burnt off in my life. You start asking questions like those and it gets real to you. And it's like, ooh, yeah. Oh, I need to change that. You know, I need to not do this as much. Even if it's not bad, it's like, oh, yeah, I still... When I'm, when I'm sad, I turn to this rather than turning to you, Jesus. I need to do that. It really helps, it helps turn it around on me and say, okay, where, where am I at? Where's my heart at with Jesus? Hallelujah. We Sometimes we make it complicated, but that's where we want our heart to be. We enjoy the things that we have, but we want to be in a place where we know that all we really need is Jesus. I'm not saying not to enjoy things that we have. not saying that at all. We all have, I've talked about different gifts and different hobbies that we have and things that the Lord gives us that we enjoy doing. Different uh, arts and sciences, uh, piano, amen, uh, sports, football, basketball, amen, all those things. Oh, they're so good. I'm so glad that the Lord allows us to have those things to enjoy. I'm just saying, if all that was taken away, <laughs> would you be able to trust in Jesus? Amen. That's where we want to get. Let's go to Mark 10, uh, 17. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Now as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal, eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. All these things that I can look and I can, there's a book out there and I can check it off, I can check it off, check it off. And Jesus said, looking at him, loved him and said to him, by the way, when he said that he loved him, he's basically saying, I'm going to speak truth to you then. I'm going to give you something that, that what I, this is what I really want. And he said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven, and come and take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? Amen. Whoa. So he said, oh, let's go back, uh, I'm sorry, let's go back to the next verses here. Or to the last verses. So he said, Give everything that you have in this life and give to the poor. And he says, you will have treasures in heaven. I'm going to give you treasures in heaven. And come take up the cross and follow me. And he said he was sad at this word. You're going to have treasures in heaven. What was he doing? He had an appearance of godliness. 
He appeared to be godly. He kept all the laws. He kept everything that Moses had said to do. But his heart wasn't right. Amen. His heart wasn't right. He was sad at this word. He went away sorrowful because, I would think, another good way to say this is he trusted in many possessions. He had a lot of things that he loved to do that he would rather do than follow Jesus. Amen. Then you can go on to verse 24 here. Thank you. And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? Is it, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, Who can then be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Amen. Amen. So we don't have, want to have just an appearance of godliness. I don't want to just look godly on Sunday. I don't want to just say, Well, Lord, on paper I look good. Amen. You know, there's a, there's a term for when you play basketball, you know, uh, um, if, there's a, if there's a really talented team and they get beat, it's like, well, they looked good on paper. You know, my high school team coaches always say, wow, on paper you guys look really good, but we went like 6 and 19. Well, why is that? Well, we didn't do all the little things. Our team didn't have the heart. I mean, we, you can have a bunch of talent and you can, ha- you can be one of the most spiritual, holy things Paul says that he was a Pharisee among the Pharisees. He was one of the best religious people out there. Amen. Zeal, nobody had more zeal than Paul. But it was all for the wrong thing. This guy had a zeal, but he had a zeal for the law. He had a zeal for checking things off his list. I didn't do this today. I didn't murder anybody today, so I'm doing pretty good. I didn't commit adultery today, so I'm doing pretty good. No, but his heart was wrong. Amen. He didn't want a real relationship with Jesus. He just wanted to say, oh, I checked off the list. I'm good to go for the rest of the week. But we want a relationship. Amen. See, on the outside, we would say, wow, he really loves the Lord. Look at this. He doesn't murder. (laughs) I mean, and seriously, the things that he said he's kept from his youth are pretty basic things. I mean, you know, not to murder, not to commit adultery. You think those are pretty basic things, right? But you would say, wow, he really loves the Lord. Let me tell you what, God looks at our heart. You know, in the, in, the, in the Old Testament with the law, you know, there were sacrifices for, even if you weren't sorry for what you did, all you had to do was give a sacrifice for what you did. I mean, you could give it and say, I don't, I'm glad I did it. But you give a sacrifice and, all right, you're good. But God looks at the heart. And that's why the Bible says that, he says in the Old Testament in the law, it says, you're not murder, but I say, even if, you look, even if you have hatred for your brother in your heart, you already committed murder. It says in the, in, in the law not to commit adultery, but I say, even if you look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. It's not about the outward things. I mean, it, it is, but it's about the inward part. Amen. Just like the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Also, what we put into our heart and who our heart is towards God those are the things that we're going to act out. If we hear the word and that's all we do, we don't do it, we're being just like this, this rich young ruler or lawyer, whoever that was, like this young man. But if we hear the word and we internalize it and we go out and do it, then God knows our heart is good. Amen. Because you're going to, whatever your heart's into, that's where your actions are going to be. Amen. 
That's, that's what we're going to do. So when we love Jesus, we want to have a relationship with Jesus. And then we get in the Bible. We make time for Jesus. We make time for him for all the things he wants us to do. Like Job, we all go through different tribulations in life, but that's why it's important to build on the rock. That's why it's important to have a relationship with Jesus. Not to let ourselves get too busy to spend time with him. I believe that one of the biggest reasons why Christians don't spend time in the Bible today is because of busyness. Because there's, I tell you what, we have four kids, and there is a lot going on. Amen. You know, a lot of you have grandkids that maybe live close, or you, you see things from far away. Their lives are busy. Amen. But we don't want it to be too busy for the Lord. Just a couple more scriptures here. Matthew 13, 22 says, Now he who received among the thorns is he who hears the word in the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. Again, Jesus puts together worry and riches. He says, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. One thing I learned just studying this through is, is that money causes worry. Trusting in money causes worry. Deceitful, or deceitfulness of riches causes worry. Amen? So we want to put those things away. We, we want to have money and resources to do things for the kingdom. Amen? We want to have nice things, but we want to keep it in perspective of our life. Amen? And in the Bible, you know, when, we go, when I go back in uh, Luke, he says that she's chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her, and that which is to her advantage. So sitting at the feet of Jesus is to our advantage more than having all the money in the world is. Amen. Sitting at the feet of Jesus is to our advantage more than having all the stuff. Amen. If you're worried about many things, you want to ask yourself, where am I trusting? If we're worried about many things, who am I putting my trust in? Am I putting my trust in my income or am I putting my trust in Jesus? Hallelujah. Also, where am I putting my trust and where am I putting my time? If we put our trust and our time in things other than Jesus, then those things are going to choke the word in our life. Amen? If we put our time and our effort into something else, then the relationship becomes an afterthought. Don't let that happen. Amen? Choose the good part. He's called us to have an intimate relationship with Him. He made us so that we could talk with Him, we could discuss with Him, we could laugh with Him and cry with Him, that He can, you know... That, he can, that we can have a, his shoulder to, to cry on. Amen? Hallelujah. The scriptures talk about God walking in the cool of the day, trying to find Adam and Eve in the garden. So this tells me that it probably was a, a pretty regular occurrence, that they would walk in the cool of the day, talk about what's going on. Adam, what would you name this animal? Oh God, it was such a cool thing. You, get, you gave me revelation, I named him this. <laughs> Amen? And one thing that we, that, you know, a revelation I just got uh, worshiping was this relationship isn't just like a, I'm here and God's here. No, this is a, a creator-creation relationship. And it says in the Bible that we were created for his glory. Amen. We were created for him. All creation was created for him. Amen. And it tells me that if God wanted just power and dominion, and not a relationship, he would have stopped at the beast of the field. If Jesus, if God didn't want a relationship with somebody, with another being, he would have just stopped at the beast of the field. Why, why create human beings? Well, he wanted a relationship. Amen. He wanted somebody that would adore him and revere him and that he could give good gifts to 
in that, you know, because it says that we were made in his likeness and his image, which means that he gave us things that he has. He gave us reason. He gave us personality. I mean, God isn't just stone-faced up there saying, thou shalt. There's a, a show I'm watching called The Chosen, and uh, it's really cool. Uh, not that, you know, it's, there's, a lot, there's things in there that they, um, that they add in that they kind of fill in for the show, but you could kind of, when you're watching it, you're like, oh, yeah, that, that, I could see that <laughs> type of a thing. But it shows Jesus relating to the disciples and relating to people, and he's funny. And he, um, he, when, he, when he rebukes, he will strongly rebuke. But he's so caring and gentle, and I think, wow, that, that, there's a good chance that that's how Jesus was. Amen? Because it's so easy when you read the Bible to think, I mean, when we read it, it's like, I don't really put much animation into my, when I read my Bible. I'm not like exclaiming or anything like that. I'm just kind of reading it. But he'll exclaim and he'll, he'll do things that we can relate to because he wants a relationship with us. If he gave us things and he made us in his likeness and his image, that means that the things that we have, emotion and excitement and things like that, he has those too. Amen? He wants to relate with us. Colossians 1.15 says, he is in the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. This is Jesus. For by him all things were created, are in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities of power. All things were created through him and for him. Amen. Are we part of creation? So we were created for him. Amen. He wanted us to have a relationship. We were created for his pleasure. Amen. And being created for God's pleasure does not mean that we were made to entertain him or provide amusement for him or anything like that. He didn't make it as a, to downgrade us or anything like that. Um, but God, as we see through the Bible, isn't just a creative being, but he's a personal being. Amen. He it gives him pleasure to have other beings he can have a genuine relationship with. And who would want us to have a relationship with him? Not that he needs... Uh, to have a relationship with us, or that he gets lonely. He's God. Amen? He's, if, if that was the case, then he wouldn't be God. Because there's no sin in him. There's no... He's, he's almighty. He's the creator. But what did he want? He wanted a relationship with us. And in turn, he wants us to have... In turn, he wants us to want to have a relationship with him. Amen? So I just encourage you, you know, throughout the week... And it's, it's kind of a tough question to ask yourself because it's, it's easy to, there's convictions that are going to come. But to say, Lord, if everything else was gone, is a relationship with you enough for me? And, the, and if the answer is yes, praise the Lord. That's awesome. But if the answer is no, and there's things that you think of that like, I don't know if I could get rid of that or this or that, then it might be something that we need to check our heart. I tell you what, you know, there's times where I feel like I'm beat up. I read the Bible, and it's like I get beat up by God. Not in a bad way, but it's like, oh, wow, Lord, I have so much more to to grow in. You know, even areas that I think I'm good in, it's like, ooh, no, I'm not. But that makes us human, right? That makes us need a Savior. Amen. If If, if Paul told the Ephesians that he wanted them to know the love of Jesus that passes all knowledge, what does that mean? That the knowledge that we have on this earth 
will never be enough to know everything about God. And for me, that's exciting because it's like, ooh, there's no, there's no ceiling. I always have room to grow. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you that we can have a relationship with you. Lord, we thank you that you created us, that you gave us responsibilities, that you gave us this awesome responsibility of teaching the gospel, preaching the gospel to every creature to make disciples. Lord, hallelujah, we, we don't want to disappoint you. We don't want to take for granted this responsibility you've given us, Lord. And so we thank you right now. We thank you that you've empowered us to do that. Lord, we thank you that you want to speak to us through your word. Lord, we thank you. We just declare that we are going to have more. We're going to see more. We're going to see more miracles. We're going to see more things in our life happening, Lord. But that's not why we do it. Lord, we do it because we want a relationship with you. We want to have good things in our relationship with you, Jesus. But Lord, when we seek first the kingdom, all these other things will be added, Lord. So I just thank you for a peaceful week for everybody. Lord, I pray for, um, for opportunities on jobs to be a witness. I thank you for opportunities um, with family members to talk about Jesus. Hallelujah. Because it says in your word that um, you desire that all men come to the truth. That everybody be saved. So Lord, we all have responsibilities to do, and we just thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love, that we can go out and know that you love us, that we can go out and know that individually you want a relationship with me individually, and that is so awesome. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, have a great rest of your week. If anybody needs prayer tonight, uh, come on out. We'll do that. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605 692 4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.